Here we go. It's another big week in the NFL for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This is the Bucks Wire podcast, powered by USA Today Sports. Now, your host, Ryan O'Leary, and Bucks Wire editor, Luke Easterling. We're back. Season two of the Bucks Wire podcast is part of an 11 team series powered by USA Today. And if it seems like we've never left, that's because our, our offseason, Luke, was exactly two weeks long. The Bucks just had to go out, win the Super Bowl, keep us podcasting right into February. Hey, it was a thing of beauty, man. I, I just, I'm glad that we get to say world champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers that's again right, for the man. next few months and just add that on to, uh, to the front end. It's, uh, what a, what a ridiculous run, right? I, I, I tweeted this not too long ago, but uh, I just I start laughing randomly at least once a day. Then I think of the the full scope of what just happened. You know, just going back to March and and signing Tom Brady and and where this team was as a seven and nine team that had a lot of talent on both sides of the ball, but hadn't made the playoffs in thirteen years, hadn't won the Super Bowl, hadn't won a playoff game since they won the Super Bowl last in two thousand two two thousand three, and to go from that to you know. You know, showing some flashes here and there, but but you're seven and five going into the bye week. You've, you've got a back to back losing streak, and and you're going into four games. You basically have to win to make sure you get a playoff spot. The Bucks didn't lose another game. They beat they beat Drew Brees and the Saints on the road after getting swept in the regular season. They beat Aaron Rodgers at Lambeau, and they beat Patrick Mahomes. Didn't just beat Patrick Mahomes. They embarrassed the best team in the league and the defending champions in the Super Bowl at Raymond James Stadium. And the only team to ever do it at home is, is now the Tampa Bay Buccaneers led by Tom Brady. What what planet are we on right now, man? Yeah, it's planet Zippy. I'm still mad at the Bucs. A freaking nine points for the Chiefs. I bet the over. What are we doing here? Holding the Chiefs to nine points. That was unbelievable. What a performance. What an unbelievable performance by the Bucs. You're right. That game was freaking over at the start of the fourth quarter, maybe before that. Uh, but Luke, this is literally this is the first time we've talked since the boat parade. The, you know, the boat parade that's gotten a lot of coverage on social media. People are outraged over this boat parade and Tom Brady being hammered, staggering off the boat. Uh, and I just got to say, it's time for America to face it. Tom Brady is likable. Everyone out there trying to pretend they hate Tom Brady. No, 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 no. Seeing Brady hammered on the boat under that Florida sun. And that was freaking hilarious. Right. I mean, that was awesome. And Brady has never felt more relatable to me. I was just like when I saw that video on social, I was like. Yep, I'd be right there with him. Chucking that Lombardi trophy around like a loaf of bread, getting hammered on the boat. Like, that's exactly what I'd be doing. So I don't know how people are outraged with Brady saying he's not a good role model because he was wobbling off that boat. The picture of him, the the joy on his face. I don't know if he was like sticking it to Belichick or what. I don't know what it is. But there, that is a happy, happy man right now. And I got to say, that's what it, he's likable. And anyone who wants to challenge me on that, it's, it's crazy talk. He, Tom Brady, likable. Here's the thing, man. The people who are mad about that are the people who already didn't like him anyway because he kept beating their team every year, sure, yeah. uh, and kept winning the Super Bowl and and that kind of annoying. You know, they, they, nothing was ever going to be good enough for them. And, and in general, I think Pete, there are certain people that don't like when other people are happy. They don't like when other people are doing well for themselves and and living full versions of themselves and living happy lives. And I think when you look at Tom Brady, he's a guy right now that's that's probably able to be himself in a public way for the first time in a long time. I think, you know, we talked about this off air a little bit, how his, his more public image was very carefully curated. I think for 20 years in new England, based on the kind of personality that that team had. Yep. Um, And I, you know, and he's not the only guy I'm sure that's had to do that, but one of the big 
reasons I think he came here is he was comfortable coming to a team and a culture that was going to allow him to kind of let his hair down a little bit. And, and I think we've seen that go back to, we're recording this on a Wednesday. I think it was last night, Tuesday night. He's on James Corden, right? And he's just, he's having a blast. He's talking about how much I don't remember the boat parade. Uh, I don't remember a whole lot from that. I, gotta look I this you know, up. Don't remember chucking the the Lombardi trophy around as much. I didn't really. There wasn't. Somebody. I think Corden asked him. Is like, what were you thinking? He's like, I wasn't thinking. What do you mean? Like, there was no thinking happening at that point. Like, but he's just he's having fun, man. He's he's again at forty three. It's twenty first year in the league. He's finally able to you know have a good time and not worry that that doesn't look like the Patriot way. And we have to be super serious all the time. Like, man, you can. And the best part to me is that it proves that you can do that and win. And I think it's just as important. It, it, something that, that Bucks fans love about Tony Dungy, you know, one of the most legendary figures in, in Bucks history is that he proved that you can coach different ways, right? He proved that you don't have to yell and scream and berate and belittle people to get the best out of them and to win football games and, and win championships eventually, which is what he did in Indianapolis. And I think that was important to show a future generation of coaches. Hey, I don't have to be an asshole to, get the most out of my players here right I, I don't have to to feel like I have to to be rude and and blast these guys all day long to get the best out of them and I think the you know another side to that that coin is that Brady is proving that you don't have to do everything we thought the Patriots were doing to to be a champion you don't have to be locked in and super serious and never have any fun and do all of the things it looked like they were doing right right in order to be successful Brady came down here did the dang Tommy and Gronky show? Oh yeah, the kid with Gronkowski the all year. Pool. Yes, making right. fun of everything and making fun of himself and having a blast. And this goes for Gronk too. And and Gronk was a little more loose-lipped about it during the season, right? He said a few things, had a few pullable quotes about how you know we're able to kind of be ourselves down here, and we haven't really done that before. And you know, like it was very clear that both of them, and Brady in particular we're very attracted to the idea of, Hey, we get to go down to Tampa and these people aren't going to, you know, get mad at us for having a good time. They're, they're going to embrace that. And I think that's a big reason why you saw that run happen. Once the team really started to gel and come together, you had a bunch of people, a bunch of players who were able to be themselves on the field and off. And that pays off. And when it comes to time to execute, I, I don't know what else to say. He proved that you can still have a good time and still go out there and, and, and kick the crap out of another team. Oh, there's no doubt about it. And people out here in new England, and especially talk radio out here in you know in the Boston area, Luke. They noticed that the kiddie pool was out during the playoffs too. It's not like they put that kiddie pool away during the play. No, Brady and Gronky nope. were still doing their thing, still like, nice yes. and balmy. Oh yeah, right during the playoffs. So they really made sure to to really to really show that thing. It wasn't like the kiddie pool went away during the postseason when the games got real big. Uh, so yeah, were they locked in? Yeah. They can have fun and still win, and there's no doubt they were pushing that narrative. And I do love Bruce, too. Throughout the season, Bruce is like, everyone thinks I, I don't like Bill Belichick. Everyone thinks I'm trying to throw Bill Belichick under the bus. I'm not. And then he would say something. He's like, Bruce, you keep saying that, though. So maybe you are trying to throw Bill under the bus a little bit. So yeah, I'm no, not I, trying to throw Bill under the bus or anything, but how many we times actually you say have that? fun. Yeah, he said that like a million <laughs> times. I always love that little disclaimer. Oh, everyone thinks I hate Bill Belichick, but let me bring up Bill Belichick one more time. No, I, I loved it, but... Right before we hopped on here, there was a post that I think went on Buckswire not long ago. It was about Tom Brady going on the late show. This is something that will happen for the Super Bowl champs. They'll go around on all the different talk shows, make a lot of appearances. Brady's on the late show, and he shares that the first words that Giselle shared with them after they won the Super Bowl was, quote, what more do you have to prove? 
And I think that's a question that we're going to be talking about as we think about the future with Brady, right? And in the future of the Bucks quarterback position too, like Brady is 43. We know 45 has been a number he's talked about publicly. I wouldn't be surprised if that number starts to grow, Luke, if he continues to have this much fun, continues to play this good at football. But I'm starting to think like, how much longer will Brady play? And at what point do the Bucks need to start thinking at least about the contingency plan at QB? Like, are they going to just gonna ride this Brady, you know, ship until it, you know, until it sinks? Or, or what do you think? At what point do the Bucks need to think about their next QB? Then, you know, that's all we're hearing about right now. If you turn on, you know, a, a sports station on TV, they're talking about Deshaun Watson. They're talking about Russell Wilson. All these teams are looking for quarterbacks. Well, the Bucks aren't in that mix, obviously. But eventually they will be. And I, that's something that's interesting me as we start to think about this offseason, next offseason. At what point do the Bucks need to start thinking about their plan at QB? Like how long is Brady going to go? This is something we're going to be talking about year after year after year. I mean, I think it is. But but I think what's telling for the Bucks is that the conversation here is about a contract extension. Yep. Um, you know, that's what, you know, we, we tried. We talked to Jason Light, the general manager, last week. And we were... We, very clear with him, Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times was like, hey, you know, we heard you talking a little bit about it here and there. What's going on with those talks? And, I mean, Jason was like, we'll keep those talks private. But <laughs> vaguely speaking, you know, and, and I'm sure we'll get into this in the next segment when we talk about kind of keeping the band together. But, mm-hmm. I mean, th- this team has no intentions of planning for the quarterback future beyond Tom Brady right now, beyond maybe, you know, a late-round draft pick on a developmental guy or, or an undrafted free agent they really like. You know, it's, it maybe – there's a reason they have guys like Blaine Gabbert that they'll probably bring back on another one-year deal, a veteran guy who could probably hold the ship together if he had to for a couple of games. You know, that's the plan. The plan is Brady or bust right now because look what just happened. They they Seriously. did that last March, and they won a friggin' Super Bowl. So why would they care about the future, especially with Brady playing at such a high level? You know, I think really the only concern would be, obviously he just had knee surgery Ian Rappaport from NFL Network just said this morning that it was originally called a, you know, a cleanup, which I hate when they do that. They call it a procedure. It's a surgery, guys. Come on. Stop trying to stop trying to sugarcoat what's going on here. But he, you know, he Rappaport said it was a little more serious than that, you know, and, and obviously everything when you're at 43 years old is probably a little harder to recover from. But, you know, Brady's Brady's wild like that. He's he's got that that TB12 situation, man. If anybody can recover from it, I think that's maybe more of a concern. Uh, moving forward is making sure he can continue to recover from stuff like that. But in terms of the team's plans at quarterback, man, I, it's it was all in last March. They got a Super Bowl out of it. I don't see any reason why they would have any any plan whatsoever beyond Tom Brady, at least for the next year, maybe two. And I think they're gonna they're gonna extend him. Maybe if it's just one or two years to even to move some money around to help with the cap this year. I think that's gonna happen long before they're spending any sort of valuable resources on the future at that position. Yeah, and I, I can just hear the joy in your voice at Jason Light talking about extending Tom Brady and not talking about trying to, you know, acquire a, a guy like Stafford or Carson Wentz or one of the, one of these other quarterbacks we're hearing about this offseason. That's that just must be a great thing. Over over here in New England, I can't relate to that, Luke, unfortunately. So so that's just where we're at. So yeah, it's gonna be great. Brady's still going. Obviously he's back and uh we get another season of the Super Bowl champion Bucks. I, I want to make sure I, I yes, yeah, yes, I that's... call them the right name, <laughs> yeah, the right title. The Super Bowl champion Bucks and Tom Brady will be back in 2021, and, and I'm here for it. So, what could the Bucks do in the free agency world? Even though they're not going for a quarterback, what moves could they make, and what might they do with the franchise tag? Some interesting stuff there. I want to get Luke's take on. We'll do that coming up next. 
I think I'm, I'm in the same boat as like a lot of players. You know, I, like you want to get, you know, some long-term security. You know, you, you want the team to, to commit to you as well. Um, and so, like, I, I, I think an extension would be ideal. But at the end of the day, you know, if, if the franchise is what happens, then, like, that's what I got to do. You know what I mean? And then and then we'll revisit later. But, um, Bro. you know, I want to I want to be in Tampa. But at the end of the day, I, w- I want to get paid, too. Well, there's Chris Godwin talking on the Pat McAfee show. And uh, I, th- I think that's an interesting one. Godwin's a guy, Luke, that he still needs to get his contract. He still needs to get paid. He's one of like a group of Bucks players that want to be in Tampa. But how conceivable is it that we are able to keep the band together when you've got guys like Godwin who wants to get his money? Levante David, a guy who needs to get his money. Shaq Barrett, a guy who, if he hit the open market, would probably be commanding 18, 19, 20 million a year. Right? Like, how, Gronk is another guy. We need Gronk and Brady. We need these, the kiddie pool back out next year. Like, we can't do that thing without Gronk. So, I mean, there's all these guys and they all want to stay, but we know that's not really realistic, right? We, we know that it's just not conceivable that the entire roster will be back. We know that. Guys are going to have to move on. The team's going to have to make some tough decisions over the next couple weeks. But what do you think about Godwin's situation and maybe the franchise tag? I think there's some, some rumblings out there that he might be a guy that come March 9th, he might be the guy getting tagged. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, there's, you know, it's no secret that this is a terrible year to need to pay a lot of key players, right? Sure. The, yep. the salary cap's expected to be around 185. Um, that's not a good time. But the flip side of that is that nobody else is going to have a higher cap. You know, uh, everybody else is going to have 185 too. So unless you're going to play for the Jaguars or the Jets or a couple other teams, everybody else is going to have some some tough decisions to make too, and that could impact the market that these guys have for themselves. So with with Godwin in particular, I think you're looking at a guy who's 24 years old, already hitting his second contract, right? So if I'm in his camp, I'm saying, listen – we're a third round pick. We haven't made a whole lot of money so far. So if we get the franchise tag this year, we're getting paid 14, 15 million just for this season, which is more than we've made the last four years combined. Right. Um, Fully guaranteed. And, and we're hitting the market again at 25 years old next year. When let's be honest, all of those TV deals are going to come down in the next few weeks, months, right? Mm -hmm. The, The salary cap is going to explode next year. And I think every agent out there, every team knows that. And I think particularly with God, Godwin's case, you're looking at a situation where he's like, listen, I'm going to go make my $15 million this year if I have to. And then at 25 years old, when the salary cap goes back through the roof, I'm still going to get paid, whether that's in Tampa or somewhere else. And I might have two rings at that point. <laughs> so, you know, I, I think Godwin's not too much of a worry. He'll stay on the, on the franchise tag if he has to. The Bucks obviously tagged Barrett last year. He's going to be the, the, the bigger challenge, I think, for them because he's going to be 27, 28. You know, he's going to want – a four-year deal probably to take him into his 30s. And like you said, he, on the open market, regardless of that 185, he would make 18, 19, $20 million, you know, even after, I mean, he didn't have as many sacks this past year, but he proved in the playoffs, right, what an impact he can continue to have as a pass rusher. So, you know, it's going to be very challenging to keep these guys. I think Levante, obviously, he's the oldest of the, of the group, and he's been in Tampa his whole career. I really think he's probably going to be the easiest guy to retain out of those three. But, I mean, look at beyond that, man. They, they got, a, they got a, a bunch of other guys. Is, is A.B. want to come back? You got to get Leonard Fournette to come back. Yep. Rob Gronkowski's contract is up, and Dominican Sue. I think maybe the, the most important guy that we're not talking about is Ryan Suckup. Ryan Suckup was a one-year deal, and he absolutely 
cured the Bucks of their biggest problem outside of the turnovers, obviously, which is being able to have a reliable kicker. He he kicked out of his mind this past year and with nine for nine in the playoffs. So that's a huge re-signing, and he's earned himself a huge raise, in my opinion, uh, coming back and being healthy and, and kicking so well. So, yes, the Bucks are going to have a lot of tough decisions, but the you know let's get into how how do we get here, right? How do we how do we get to the point where we can afford all these guys? And that's when I start looking for guys with big cap numbers next year that don't have a lot or any guaranteed money. And Jason Light will be the first to tell you that Mike Greenberg, his cap wizard, has been a genius in terms of building team-friendly contracts that don't leave this team with hardly any dead money whatsoever. You look around just in the NFC South, look at the Saints and what they're having to deal with. Even without Drew Brees, they're going to be 60-plus million over the cap. It's insane. They're not going to have anybody left. The Falcons are at, like, I think, 40-something over the cap because of these big, huge, ballooned contracts that they've had for their quarterbacks and other guys where they keep pushing money out down the road and and you know trying to expand that window. And that's why I think they've got to be so angry at the Bucks, right? Because they did all that to try to maximize their own Super Bowl windows, and they failed. The Bucks come in in one season, get Brady and all these guys. They still have all these team-friendly contracts, no dead money, and they go take the Lombardi right from out under their nose. That's just hilarious to me that they did that, and now these teams are stuck with the bill you know, and, and so far over the cap. So the Bucks have done a great job putting them in position, and Jason Light told us this week, you know, this is when you use that flexibility, right? You, you want to put yourself in a position to where when you do need to restructure those contracts and move some money around and take some risks with your long-term investment, you do it now when you have a team that's obviously capable of winning a Super Bowl because you just friggin' did it. So now is when we'll see them be a little more cavalier, maybe a little more liberal with those funds in, in terms of restructuring contracts, which, you know, if there's fans out there that don't understand this part of it, you're not, people aren't going to take pay cuts. That's not what's going to happen. You're not going to get less money. You're going to get it given to you at a different time in a different way yeah. to, to make it count differently against the cap. So I look at players like Donovan Smith. Donovan Smith's going into the last year of his deal. He's scheduled to make $14.8 million this year. Lucky for him, he just decided to play the best football of his life down the last four or five weeks of this season and makes that number not look so bad. But none of that is guaranteed. I look at Ryan Jensen at center. Again, played really well this year. He's a $10 million cap hit for next year. None of that is guaranteed. You've got $6 million uh, in Cam Brate, who's over 30 years old, and their third tight end when everybody's healthy. You know, there are so many guys that I feel like there's money to be moved around. And I mentioned this earlier. I want to get back to it. The Tom Brady extension, what that would do is allow them to push some of his cap hit over another couple of seasons instead of just the one that's remaining on his current deal. Mike Evans has restructured his deal before. Ali Marpet's done the same thing. You do that with guys that you are confident are going to play out the rest of their contract, right? You 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 take the, the cap hit and spread it over a number of years, but if you cut that guy, obviously you still have to pay them. If they're not there, that's the risk, right? So I don't think Mike Evans is going anywhere anytime soon. Nope. I don't think some of those other guys are going anywhere anytime soon. So if you're confident in that, you can spread that cap hit up, uh, over a few years, save yourself some money now, and I think there's a lot of that money to be had in the current roster makeup that the Bucks have. Like I said, you can you can save a good bit of money with guys like Smith and Jensen, uh, even outright cutting Brait and maybe bringing him back at a smaller rate could, could save you some money. I think that could happen. Um, but a lot of options here, a lot of options for the Bucks to move some money around. And, and even with the lowered cap, I don't think it's terribly, I don't think it's preposterous that, that everybody in a, in terms of everybody, I mean the big three or four, you know, I, I don't think they can keep everybody mostly because 
a guy like Fournette in particular, after the the run he just had, he's probably going to get a better deal somewhere else than the Bucks can or really would even be willing to offer uh, a running back in this market, right? You know, you know, if he gets a three or four year deal with a with a hefty couple of years of guaranteed money, the Bucks aren't going to be able to match that. They still have Ronald Jones. They spent the third round pick on Keshawn Vaughn, and they still you know are really excited about him. They might even add a free agent back in in free agency this year. So I don't think they're going to outbid anybody for a guy like that. I think Antonio Brown probably comes back because I don't know if anybody else wants him. I, I think that his ability on the field was never the issue with Antonio Brown, right? And nobody wanted him, not because he couldn't play, but because of the obvious, you know, off the field concerns that you had there. And I don't know that that will have changed enough for him to get enough money to, to not come back to Tampa. Gronk is not going to play anywhere else, but for Tom Brady, I think that's painfully clear. He'd probably play for, uh, for beer nuts and cheese at this point, as long as he gets to, to play with Tom. Um, so I think they'll be able to keep most of those guys, but they're going to do it by being by being creative with the cap and taking advantage of how they've built this roster financially and the flexibility that they've given themselves to be able to strike while the iron's hot, and that moment is now. Such great stuff right there from Luke. So yeah, is it conceivable? In a way, it is, and that, and that was a great way to put it. I, I just thought you just nailed it. That was great. I think Barrett, another guy we could watch, right? Maybe when we're, we're recording next week, next Wednesday, Barrett might be another guy they look at tagging. Now, you, you tag a guy twice, you're, it's an escalated thing, but you, you would hate to lose Shaq Barrett. So I think Barrett, Yeah, Godwin, and even at that escalated number, man, you're still talking about less than he would get on the market, like no you doubt. said earlier. Even that escalated number is not going to be 19-20. Yeah, so I think they'll probably use the tag somewhere. Godwin, Barrett, uh, I don't know. We'll see. That's going to be interesting. And, and you mentioned maybe they'll go after another running back in free agency, and I definitely wanted to get to this too because you put out a little article, guys that the Bucks might target. You had a lot of fat guys on there, a lot of guys in the trenches, Luke. I'll say that. A lot of O-linemen, a lot of D-linemen. But one name that really popped off the page because I watched a lot of Tom Brady football playing with this guy, James White. Really, really good football player. Really good person off the field, too. But uh, he's basically a little wide receiver. You line up in the backfield, and he poses all kinds of problems. You put a linebacker on him, forget it. Uh, James White is uh, a game changer. He's kind of struggled without Tom Brady since Brady left New England. But I think if you could bring in a guy like James White... He would kind of transform that Shady McCoy role, and I don't think he would be like top of the market kind of money. So if you were looking for a running back to bring in, and you're and you don't want to compete for like a lettered Fournette, if he's you know kind of got a bidding war going, oh man, I, I love James White to the Bucks. I would hate it as a Patriots guy, you know what I mean? But White to the Bucks, I could see that. I want to get your take on White or maybe some other free agents that you would like to see the Bucks go after. Yeah, I think that that you know James White to the Bucks feels like Trevor Lawrence to the Jaguars at this point. Um, I don't understand why it wouldn't happen for, yeah. for all sides, right? I, I, if you're James White, why sense. would you do anything else? It makes sense. But go to Tampa Bay and play for the defending Super Bowl champions and catch passes from the guy who made you a Super Bowl MVP, basically. So, and Brady loves uh, him. I don't, Brady absolutely yeah, loves White. Of course he does. And like you said, he's a great teammate. He's a guy who does the dirty work in terms of pass protection and just understands what Brady wants out of that position. And, and that's invaluable. I think we saw how valuable that can be this year with some of those other guys that he's played with. So, uh, I think he's obviously the the shoe in off that list, uh, and the rest. You know, I don't know about individual guys, but you talked about the fact that I had a lot of fat guys on there. I mean, <laughs> you gotta have gotta have depth in the trenches, man. You're gonna have injuries, and and you need to look no further than what the Bucks did at defensive tackle after they lost Vita Vea. Right? They brought in Steve McClendon. They traded for Steve McClendon from the Jets. He went from a winless Jets team to the Super Bowl champions 
And Steve McClendon was a huge reason why that that defense continued to be the best rush defense in the league, continued to be very good against the pass. Um, and and when you add those economical guys, the guys who don't break the bank but but can get the job done when injuries happen, and again in the trenches is where you're going to get banged up most of the time anyway. You got to have depth there. You got to have versatile, tough guys that can play in the trenches on both sides of the ball. You'll notice a lot of those offensive linemen I had on there are guys that have played both guard and tackle or both center and guard. Guys that will you know they the Bucks don't need anybody to start on the offensive line. They got all five of those guys coming back. But if somebody goes down, like Alex Kappa did, the right guard through the entire playoffs, and Aaron Stinney is thrown in the in in the fire, right, making your first start in the in the playoffs and then I'm starting here, man, the Super Bowl. absolutely. Yeah, you know, I mean, you got to have guys you can rely on when that happens, and that's where I think the Bucks will spend most of their attention in free agency. Bruce Arians is, you know, honest with us this week. He said that he's not really focused on bringing anybody else in, anybody new. He's like, all I want to do is keep our guys. We got, yep. we got what it takes to win here. If we can keep those guys, we'll be fine. But I think the lone exception uh, or exceptions will be, you know, some added depth along the trenches because guys like McClendon, um, Raheem Nunez Rochas, we call him Nacho down here. Um, he's those guys are both free agents. Like I said, and Dominican Sue, he wants to be back, but he's a free agent. A lot of those key guys in the trenches are, are on expiring contracts. So that will be key. And I really think James White ends up being a buck as well. But other than that, the Bucks are just going to be focused on retaining who they have. I got to tell you, Luke, you sound good. You sound refreshed. I think this might be our best podcast yet. And and that's saying something considering I forgot to hit record when we started. So we had to start over, actually. I'm going to just go throw myself under the bus right there. This is a great this is a great show. And you hey, sound, you it, sound you rested. Know, there's I think something you, to be said about you, winning a Super Bowl. You fully recovered, kinda, yeah. I don't know, yeah, you fully lifts recovered. The, lifts the weight off your shoulders, right? I, I'm just looking forward to next year, and I'm like, man, I'll just be watching games and be like, oh, if we if we don't win, I guess I guess that's all right. We we got a ring. That's you sound fun. you we'll, sound refreshed. We'll you right. sound relaxed, well rested. I got to tell you, man. I you know, well, the fact that it's you know 63 degrees down here right now yeah, is don't rub that in. Probably man. probably something to do with it. The windows are open right now, Ryan. It's, you, you sound it's like a beautiful Brady. place to be. You sound like Brady rubbing it into all the New Englanders out here, rubbing it in our faces all year long. Oh, guys, the weather's pretty nice. Every presser during the playoffs, well, you know, it's 70 degrees here during playoffs. It's like, okay, Tom, we get it. Uh, no, but hey, man, it's uh, good to be back. Good to be talking about the Super Bowl champs. Glad we're going to be continuing to do this for the 2021 season. And I'm excited to see what happens, man. I, hopefully they can bring the band back. I'd love to see the Bucks make another run with Brady. It was, it was a fun run, fun ride. We'll see if we can do it again. I love it, man. It's uh, again. I'm glad that we didn't have uh, very much time off because that means the Bucks were still playing football. And 100. We weren't. We weren't used to that down here, but we can <laughs> certainly get used to it. Let's get used to it. So, uh, thanks for joining us. We'll talk to y'all next week. This USA Today Sports podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week.